As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, Zach Kelberman. He has written, I don't know, 269 Aaron Rodgers articles <laughs> since we turned into 2022. I think it might I be guess. 270, Chad, actually. You know what? You could be right on that. <laughs> my math could be wrong. But, Zach, the latest – hey – People are uh, people are reading the article. Tell people about yeah. our listeners this proposal PFF made for the Broncos to go land Aaron Rodgers. Well, this one was surprising to me. It jumped out because it's four total draft picks. That's what Pro Football Focus put out there. I'm not going to say it was a report. I'm not going to say it was anything substantiated. It was almost like, hey, Twitter, what do you guys think of this potential trade offer? And it was... Aaron Rodgers for a 2022 first, a 2023 first, a 2022 second, and I think a 2023 uh, third. So four total draft picks, no players. That jumped out to me. All the other trade proposals that I've written about that I've seen, it's included people like Patrick Sertan or Bradley Chubb or Jerry Judy, Noah Fant. The Broncos were not going to emerge from a blockbuster deal that unscathed. And then PFF comes along and says, all it takes is a couple firsts, a second and a third between two years, no draft, uh, no players, just four draft picks. If Green Bay would even pick up the phone to entertain that deal and Rodgers were to sign off. George Payton has to pull the trigger, Chad. You know, I'm not the biggest advocate for giving up so much capital for a 39-year-old quarterback, as good as he may be. But when you get to retain your foundational players, when you can have the full receiving core there for Aaron Rodgers, for example, and not give away Jerry, Judy, Tim Patrick, et cetera, et cetera, he has to. He really does have to make the deal at that point. That would be swinging for the 
defenses, going for it all, being aggressive, but not reckless. Three first-round picks would be reckless to me. Kicking in PS2 on top of two first-rounders and a second and a third would be reckless for me. But if it comes down to this, reuniting Aaron Rodgers with Nathaniel Hackett, who I heard from uh, a Packers insider, he actually likes playing under Hackett more than Matt LaFleur. Big love triangle going on there, also with Justin Outen, Chad. When you have the opportunity to reunite the three and make the Broncos instant Super Bowl contenders, and all it would cost is four total draft picks, that's it. No players, a couple first. got to pull the trigger, in my opinion. It kind of begs the question, though, like, if it took including Patrick Sertan in a deal to land Aaron Rodgers, do you make that deal? Along with, let's say it was this deal, it's, it's two first-round picks, a 2020 second-rounder, and Pat Sertan. What do you oh, do? Oh, man. I, I, you'd be taking from one hand to put in the other, in a sense. You'd be strengthening your offense but weakening your defense. I, I would easily give up Bradley Chubb, Chad, and probably when it comes down to a Jerry Judy because you have a, you know, a glut of receiving options. But who do you have at cornerback if you give up Patrick Sertan? Mm-hmm. This guy is going to be an all-pro player as soon as this coming season. Beneath him, Ronald Darby, Michael Ojemudia, you brought back a Sang Bassey. You're going to lose Kyle Fuller. You're going to lose Bryce Callahan. You don't really have another stud at corner. That would be the bridge too far, I think, just because of how highly I rate PS2 personally. For a 30-year-old Aaron, yeah, uh, peace out, PS2, have fun in Green Bay. But for a 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers, you're already giving up a couple first-round draft picks and more than likely paying him $45 million a year. No, PS2 staying with us. I don't know. I'd have to uh, marinate on that for a minute. Michaela, the Duchess, jumping in with a very, very generous Thank you, Michaela. super wow. chat from the top rope. She's uh, MHH, Mount Rushmore. We want to get her back on the show, so... Michaela, let us know when we can make that happen a Wednesday in the next, you know, four or five months. We got a long off season, but the sooner the better. She says, hi, fam. I personally don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming here. I think the front office is targeting Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) Man, look, as much as quick as we are to dismiss it because we don't really love Jimmy G, Zach, it does make sense on a couple levels. Namely, though, let me just start with the first one. We've seen Nathaniel Hackett move in and hire anyone based off the Niners, Packers, and Rams coaching tree, the Shanahan, Gruden descendants, if you will. So Garoppolo, been groomed in that under Shanahan for the last several years since he left New England. I could, It wouldn't surprise me if we found out that they had a much higher opinion of Jimmy G than you know media or the average fan. Well, they have Butch Berry who came over from the Niners, so they have some uh, intel into the Jimmy Garoppolo stock report. I don't know. It comes down to opinion. It's subjective as always. I think Jimmy's better than Teddy Bridgewater, but a lot of quarterbacks are. And again, you'd be taking on whatever contract you're going to pay him. He's going to cost a lot of money as a starting quarterback. You're not going to get him for Teddy Bridgewater pennies on the dollar. And he's turnover prone. He's inconsistent. A lot of the flaws in Drew Locke's game come out in Jimmy Garoppolo's, but he has this image of being this manicured uh, technical, savvy quarterback. I never bought that hype into him. So among the second-tier options, the Kirk Cousins of the world, Carson Wentz's, I would actually put Jimmy G at the bottom of that list. I want nothing to do with him. To me, it would depend on the on the cost and what it would 
you know, the, the devil's in the details, so to speak, but I wouldn't write it off just purely out of hand. Do I like it as like, here's our solution? No. In fact, I would lean probably a little bit more toward exploring whether or not Nathaniel Hackett can uh, unlock Drew Locke than Jimmy G per se. But if you're really looking to upgrade the position, I mean, we can say what we want about Jimmy G, but based on what. I think you're muted, Chip. Sorry, I actually actually pulled the cord. Um, Well, based on what the Broncos had last year, it would definitely be an upgrade, Jimmy G anyway, for Teddy Bridgewater, in my opinion. And here's why. The only the only reason I say that is Nathaniel Hackett. If we were talking about the difference between Teddy Bridgewater and Jimmy G relative to Pat Shermer, dude, it'd be sixes. It'd be a complete toss-up. Like, your guess is good as anybody else's. And maybe this is because I have an anti-Jimmy G bias, but I would rather almost pay like Jameis Winston a two-year deal, not give up the draft picks, and still have a better quarterback uh, upgrade over the likes of Drew Locke and, and Teddy Bridgewater. It's not saying much when you're comparing anyone to Teddy or Drew last year, considering how underwhelming they were. Jimmy would squeeze a few more wins out of this roster, but would they be an instant playoff team with Jimmy G? I can't say that, Chad. I could say that with even Kirk Cousins. Certainly with Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, Jimmy's always that borderline starter to me. There's a reason why he's available, if he is. I mean, there's a reason why they drafted Trey Lance and they went up and got him. If you want upside in a quarterback or if you want a bridge starter, go out and get Jameis, honestly. I mean, he's going to throw the same amount of interceptions more than likely or have those boneheaded plays, but he was on a career path. I know it was under Sean Payton last year in New Orleans, but he was a quarterback reborn. I'd be interested in a really uh, masochistic way of seeing what Nathaniel Hackett can do with Jameis Winston, but we'll see. Tim Hoffman with some stars. Thank you, my friend. Big time stars. Really, really appreciate that, big dog. You are the man. Joshua Mize also jumping in with some stars early on. Appreciate that, guys. I can't flash it, but I'll give you the update right now on where we stand. We kind of got behind the eight ball uh, the last two days or so. But we're at 84% complete. We're trying to reach 250,000 stars on Facebook in the month of February. When we reach the goal, we're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey. And the only people in the running for that are, of course, those who contributed to the goal. And if that were to start tomorrow, if it it ended today, the people with the most tickets in the hat would be number one, Michael Ronquillo by a mile, Jacob Foster, Mark Schrader, who throws down quite often on the morning shows. Travis Tarbox, or T twice, as I like to call him, Rodney Garcia, Lawrence Rivera, Pete Middleton, Miguel Santistevan, Joshua Mize, bolstering his position, and Andrew Baker, rounding out the top 10. Andrew Baker, by the way, Zach, got his uh, Pookie Williams jersey, sent it, sent it in. We put it on Very our nice. Instagram and Facebook. Looking, yeah. looking dope, dude. And then Travis Weber, Andrew Lampy, GLP, a few names just outside the top 10, but all these guys and gals, if I mentioned it. Definitely going to have plenty of tickets in the old hat. Appreciate you, Jacob. Um, the combine, Zach, what the Sam Hill was going on there. Let's let, for those who missed it. I know the morning show talked quite a bit about it, but oftentimes we're talking to different audiences, right? Different time um, stamps and different points in the day. Different people are listening for those who missed it. Explain to people why the NFL combine was actually temporarily perhaps in danger of maybe not happening. 
the NFL makes no sense. They continue to succeed in, in spite of themselves. They wanted to put the combine prospects, all the players flying in from around the country on extremely short notice. We're talking a week and a half in advance in a restrictive bubble where they couldn't go out of the certain zone. They couldn't interact with teams and uh, people around the facility. They couldn't make those networking connections. Basically, it was hurting their draft stock really bad. It wasn't allowing them the platform like the combine supposed to of boosting their drafts stock with workouts, 40s, bench press. We know all about the uh, the intricacies of that. But facing extreme pressure from agents, all of whom mobilized under the cause, and they came together and uh, through social activism, as always, in the year 2022, they, boy- they threatened to boycott the combine and skip all the workouts and the medicals until their pro days and make the combine a thing of the past. But the NFL caved to them. No more bubble, no more restrictions. You know, masks are encouraged, but not necessarily recommended or required now. So uh, it's a normal combine. Hey, real quick, guys, we got to take care of some uh, inside baseball stuff. Zach, if you can reach around the game, just turn it down a hair, just a hair. We were trying to balance our levels. This is my fault, guys, because right before we went live, we were trying to make sure our mic uh, signals were coming in pretty equal. Uh, thought we had it wired. Scott's letting us know we're still a little uh, off kilter, but um, yeah. So I like seeing that. To be honest with you, all right. Um, I like seeing a collective of, uh, for lack of a better term, laborers come together to say, "Look, these conditions are not conducive to the type of environment we want to put ourselves in as we audition for the biggest, you know, job opportunities of our lives." We're just we're just going to skip it as a collective and unless you, you know, loosen things up a little bit. And look, we, we want to take the whole, uh, you know, pandemic subject very seriously. It's a sensitive topic. People get all wound up over it. But, hey, man, it's starting to lift. I mean, European countries all across the, the world, it's starting. People are starting to kind of ease off uh, countries, cities, counties, um, states. And it's probably a good thing. I have no problem. Hey, you want me to wear a mask? Cool. But if a guy wants to come there to a, a prospect, Zach, to ply his wares and get his, um, you know, get his remarks out into the media uh, blogosphere and just try and grow his NFL prospect star a little bit, you know, you need things to be relaxed a little bit here. We're not talking about, uh, you know, I don't, again, it's a sensitive subject, but it, by this point, the way things have, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, mutated. It's not as bad as it was 2020. So Sam Bam, what's going on? Go ahead, Zach. I was going to say they're treating it like it's February of 2020 when February of 2022. Now they had a maskless Super Bowl where 70,000 people were free to roam around. Right. Uh, CV mysteriously disappeared during the playoffs, by the way, and they got through that just fine. And now they want to bring out a bubble on short notice. It was mishandled completely, Chad, a week before the combine takes place. It's like the NFL forgot the combine was happening. Bizarre. Yes, indeed. But it's all working out the way it should. So Sam Bam, still loving that YouTube profile pick, my friend. Love it, dude. Thank you for that super chat. Very, very generous. He says, what's up, Chad and Zach? Other than Garrett Bowles at left tackle, do you think all other starting O-line positions are up for grabs in Denver? Or do you think there are any other starting fixtures, Cush and or Reisner on the hot seat? Go Broncos. Well, I'll tell you this. 
this new scheme coming in with the wide zone uh, relative to what the Broncos have ran since, let's just say, Reisner and Bowles came together in uh, 2019, it's much more going to prioritize the type of players that you can remember, all right, from the Shanahan era, the athletes, the guys that can uh, maybe they're not as heavy or powerful, but they can they have a little bit of athletic twitch. They can move laterally. They're smart between the ears. That's what this scheme is going to demand from its offensive line. I think Dalton Reisner, I don't really worry too much about him I, uh, as far as, you know, taking to the to the new blocking system. The Broncos, look, I know it was an old, it was the previous regime, but even last year, they doggedly, Zach, stood by Dalton Reisner, even when he was not good at all. I mean, it's one thing to say, yeah, he's an average left guard and go about your life. It's another thing to say, like, at times last season, Dalton Reisner was turning in bottom third level play at left guard. Then you get to Lloyd Cushenberry. I'm not sure he's going to be the greatest fit for this scheme. It would not surprise me, Zach, to see the Broncos either just straight up supplant him with Graham Glasgow at center or make him compete with Graham for center. Uh, Quinn Miners is going to be tailor-made for this scheme at right guard. Right tackle, we still don't know who it's going to be, right? So that's still up in the air. But to answer the question specifically, I think it's pretty safe, as you mentioned, Sam Bam, to pencil in Garrett Bowles, pencil in Dalton Reisner, and pencil in Graham Glasgow. The question on Glas and and uh, Miners, question on Glasgow is is where, right? And that's why if you really want to make sure, Zach, for now, let's say that you want the best four out there on the field because we don't know who right tackle is going to be yet, then you got to sit down Lloyd Cushenberry and let uh, Graham Glasgow snap the ball. Yeah, uh, I think it's unrealistic to expect the Broncos to replace like four starting linemen. So some are going to be grandfathered in positions by default pretty much. I would maybe bring back Bobby Massey as insurance on a one-year deal. If anything, if you can't draft a high-rated tackle, you know you have competency at right tackle with Massey. I like what I saw from him last year. Obviously, Garrett Bowles is a lock. Um, it all depends on what Butch Berry wants to do. The deviation going away from Mike Munchak's scheme. And, you know, you mentioned, Chad, that uh, – Dalton Reisner didn't pop last year. He kind of fell off. Who really did pop, though, other than maybe Quinn Miners for a stretch of the season? I think it said more to the scheme and Mike Munchak's not being this I don't mastermind like he was painted out to be, at least with the Broncos. So maybe Barry will uh, be more conducive for someone like Dalton Reisner, more of that kind of scheme. Cushionberry, I think, is on the hot seat. I think Glasgow could play center. I think that's a more of a natural position for him. They have their right guard in Quinn Miners, and like I mentioned, Bobby Massey, right tackle. So I'm going to say two spots are up for grabs, and I think three are pretty much solidified. And Glasgow, for what it's worth, I mean, one of the things that was intriguing about him and one of the reasons he was uh, probably one of the top two or three interior guys uh, most coveted in that free agent class a couple years ago was the fact that he can play he's he's position versatile in that you can play him in either guard spot or center he started games in detroit at center and get out there and try something different because i there's so much to like zach about lloyd cushenberry especially his leadership acumen his character he's a very very smart player but you know he's just not quite been ready for the nfl specifically in terms of power dealing with power now this type of scheme that's coming to denver look, it might be able to kind of camouflage that a little bit more because it's not going to be so much man-on-man, Zach, you know, uh, phone booth blocking where I just got to win my assignment here. You're getting guys out on the move. You're getting them out on stretches. And when that happens, you know, they can live a little bit more by their wits. They can live a little bit more uh, on their athleticism is going to serve them more, whereas the way it's been in Denver, 
it just he wasn't strong enough to be that pivot in a gap centric uh, man on man type of blocking scheme. But I really like Lloyd Cushenberry, and he represents a you know high round premium round. Anything between rounds one and three is considered a premium round draft pick in the league. And he represents an investment by the team. I'd love to see him work out far more, by the way, than seeing Graham Glasgow come in on a reduced contract and do well, because then you're going to have to figure out what to do with him. Whereas you've got Lloyd this year, you got him next year, and then he becomes a free agent. It's more in Denver's interest for Lloyd Cushenberry to work out, but it's not based on, you know, wishes and whatnot. If, if some butts were candy and nuts, that's the NFL. It's about what have you done for me lately? What, what are you doing for me today? Can you cut the mustard? It's a production-based business. And we'll find out pretty quick once they get to training camp anyway, uh, whether or not Lloyd Cushenberry is going to be able to cut that mustard. Well, you can't have pro bowlers at every position. So you know, you have a stud left tackle. I mean, you have a promising right guard. You brought back Glasgow, who you think can maybe make do at center. If they retain Cushionberry, great. But if they feel like they can upgrade on him under Hackett and under Outen, under Butch Berry, then so be it. What I like about Lloyd, though, is that he's reliable. He played every snap his rookie year. I think he, if he didn't play every snap last year, he played 90 eight or 99 percent of snaps i'm pretty sure he was 100 percent again i do availability is key in the nfl he might not be the best prospect but the law of averages dictates that at least one guy will benefit from the scheme change going from munchak to barry and going from pat Shermer's offense to hackett's offense whether that's reisner or cushionberry or even glasgow anyone on that o-line muti uh they're gonna have a couple guys blossom and we'll see what happens with kush along the way Appreciate you, Jeremy, uh, chipping in into the conversation. He's saying, hey, man, on that PFF trade proposal, Peyton would have to be be, uh, wearing a mask if he did that because he'd be robbing Green Bay. Indeed. Michael Ronquillo also in the house. Great to see you, bro. Uh, Tim Hoffman throwing down with some mega stars. Love it, dude. Thank you very much, my friend. Seriously, you're helping to keep the lights on here at MHH Central, and it just understand it means a lot to us, and it goes a long way. He says, I appreciate you guys. Keep it coming, bros. I'm super excited for this next draft with these new coaches. I'm thinking Drew Locke under new coaches will really take off. Laugh all you want. The dude has potential. Just like Rogers sat and watched and learned. Benching him, humbled him. Talking Drew now on that. Let's go Broncos. Zach, your thoughts. I mean, that's a common refrain on this podcast, considering we're like the the pro, you know, Drew guys, the Drew friendly guys. I mean, it could happen. I wouldn't bank my entire season. I wouldn't bank George Payton's second year or Hackett's inaugural honeymoon year on Drew Locke. If he works out, great. But if if you have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, this is coming from a very pro Drew guy. You got to go out and get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or any other quarterback that you deem an upgrade. But again, though, if you have to fall back on Drew and and bank on that upside and hope that Hackett can turn him around, there are a lot worse starting options in the NFL. You're talking about the Bears last season starting Andy Dalton. You know, you're talking about the Texans starting Davis Mills, who turned out to be not so bad but he still wasn't that highest rated quarterback either so uh drew is a nice plan d to have but he's a plan d for a reason as far as i'm concerned yeah i mean we guys we are optimistic we're bullish about drew's upside still we're very intrigued about what maybe nathaniel hackett and his tact and just his energy and whatnot might be able to glean out of drew that that the previous regime frankly was just not willing to even approach or even try 
But the problem is, you know, we're not even here sitting here in 2019, right? 2019, you're dealing with a 16, 17, 18. You're now dealing with three straight seasons of missing the playoffs after winning a Super Bowl. That in and of itself was pushing the envelope. Broncos fans were freaking ready for this to be over. Let's get back to being the Broncos. Now you're another two, three years down the road from that. Bronco fans, it's a it's very similar a reflection to how the team feels, the leadership and ownership and the executives. They're tired. They're not, they don't want to do anything that sets them up for yet another, uh, you know, we shot ourselves in the foot losing season. Now, am I saying by rolling with Drew Locke, Zach, you're shooting yourself in the foot? No, but you need to try and upgrade that position. Both Zach and I are very optimistic in terms of, hey, if the Broncos have to turn to Drew this year, again, maybe Hackett's the guy to figure things out and all of a sudden we're off to the races. But you can't count on that because you hear me say this on the show quite often, guys and gals, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. Now, do people change? Yes. Do players develop, Zach? Yes. But Drew got, what is it now, 21 starts to prove himself, so to speak. And even though the conditions for, you know, 16 of those starts were not ideal and many things kind of went against him that were outside of his control, he had his day in the sun to prove he could take the bull by the horns. And because he wasn't able to do that, the Broncos, they can't afford to waste any more time wondering. So you're going to see them make some moves this year to improve quarterback. Not just, hey, let's go grab Teddy Bridgewater. Let's go, you know, throw a few dollars at Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's going to be, you know, marquee type moves. And then Drew's going to have to figure out, you know, where he fits in on that. And it'll be interesting to see how it how it all plays out. One of the issues for Drew is the the GM who drafted him and the coach who drafted him are no longer here. Elway and Vic Fangio, George Payton and Hackett especially, they have no emotional investment or attachment to Drew. He's could very well be in their eyes a fallback plan. Again, when you have the opportunity to acquire the back-to-back MVP, a future Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers, and you just hired his former coordinator and tight ends coach, you've got to go out and try to make that happen. But I also think based on Clint Kubiak's comments and based on some of the things that Hackett and Peyton have said, there are uh, things to like about the prospect of Drew starting if it comes to that because he does have some upside and he hasn't answered that question definitively one way or the other yet. What is he at the NFL level? Is he a starting caliber quarterback at this level? We just don't know quite yet. Some people will say that it has been answered definitively and I beg to differ. I mean, I don't think so. He's got that physical upside that coaches covet. I mean, even guys like Clint Kubiak who scouted him as a prospect and has watched his development from afar. And, you know, it's a ball of clay and there are always going to be coaches who feel like who had a regard for him coming out that are going to feel like, look, if I can get him into my system, things can be different. Um, But again, working against Drew is the fact that this team can't afford to waste any more time hoping and wondering and, you know, resting on laurels the laurels have (laughs) look they're gone dude that's super bowl 50 was six years ago people are losing jobs three head coaches later here we are um you, you just can't afford to wonder anymore so if you have a chance and look zach part of this it's not going to be entirely within george payton's control in terms of truly upgrading quarterback now can you upgrade depth yes you can do that uh and be in total control of that but like Look, you. There's no way to guarantee you can talk the 
the uh, Aaron Rodgers off the Packers. There's no way to guarantee how things are going to resolve with Kyler Murray. There's no way to guarantee Russ that whole thing because they're all under contract with their current teams. Then you go, well, yeah, but the draft, they can draft someone. Sure. But is it their guy? It, are they going to really be able to maneuver and get into position? That's assuming they have a guy or two that they love. And there's no way to fully control that, Zach, unless you want to trade up to number one. And newsflash, there is not a quarterback in this class that's going to justify a first yeah. overall pick. So no. the Broncos at a certain level, Zach, are, uh, you know, they're they're slave to, uh, uh, partly anyway, they're slave to factors not outside their control. So that's why it's not going to be a shock if they swing for the fence, don't get A-Rod, don't get that obvious veteran upgrade. The guy that they maybe liked in the draft, hey, just out of reach, someone else scooped him up, and now they got to ch- go try and make some chicken salad with uh, Drew Locke. Yes, Michaela, we want you back on the show. I will uh, send you a DM on Twitter. We'll get that ironed out. The only guarantee the Broncos have is that Drew is under contract for 2022, and he's under contract for – a fraction of what any other starting quarterback in the NFL would cost, a veteran especially, and he has starting experience and he has some upside that you can develop and you can unlock, figuratively speaking, and literally speaking. So that's the only guarantee. If you can make something happen to definitively upgrade on Drew Locke, go out and do it if you have the the uh, the trust in that, the belief in that. But if you have to fall back on Drew, then there are worse situations to be in. I think hay could be made. With number three. Yeah, I would actually, I mean, hey, there, there'd be a part of me that's a little bit like butterflies, you know, um, in terms of like, man, how's this going to work out? Hopefully it's not a movie we've seen before. Hopefully it's, you know, something new. But at the same time, that would be tempered with a lot of excitement and intrigue in terms of the lock Hackett dynamic. All right, let's grab Andrew Baker. You can see on the screen his new Pookie Williams jersey rocking it with a glorious braid down the down the back, by the way. He says, thanks for the shout-out, brothers. Pookie Jersey is slick. MHH for life. You deserve a big dog. Appreciate you. And uh, T Twice jumping in a little late, he says. Good evening to you as well. Uh, Denver Broncos, faux life for sure. Good to see you, big dog. Uh, let's see what else is on people's minds here tonight. GLP, what's going on, Gary Leeds Palmer? Uh, he says, a big shout-out and salute to all your great fans. Great support. Yeah. Indeed, we are, you know, two of the luckiest cats under the sun, and we do not lose sight of that uh, ever. So much love and respect to each and every one of you, uh, including you, GLP. Uh, T-Twy says, we're all ready to get back to winning, regardless of how this offseason goes. Yeah, everybody's ready, but how this offseason goes is going to dictate just how quickly that, you know, the Broncos are, Zach, able to get back to winning, but Unfortunately, it just comes back down to the quarterback in terms of like. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You know, we've been down the road of, let's see how, how let's test John Elway's theory, unofficial theory of, hey man, based on 2015, our team, the way it's built, we're just one middle-of-the-road quarterback from winning it all again, one Trevor Simeon, one Paxton Lynch, one Mark Sanchez, one Brock Osweiler, one Joe Flacco, one Drew Locke, whatever. You got to um, – it wasn't enough. They need a quarterback that can put a team on on his back and will it to victory. A true franchise quarterback, in my opinion, Zach, is the tide that, that floats all the boats, that raises all the ships. Uh, he doesn't have to be the guy carrying it, the water 24-7. But he has to be a guy that when those chips are down and the team needs him to be that guy, fully capable and competent uh, and able to do that. Aaron Rodgers is a guy like that. Russ Wilson is a guy like that. Heck, Kyler Murray is probably a guy like that, although he's still got a lot to prove. Jacob, thank you again, Big Don. But is Jimmy Garoppolo that guy? I don't think so. And you have amazing fans like Michaela saying that they're going to go after Jimmy Garoppolo. You have other fans, you know, on social media who want the Broncos to go after Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan, all these gray beard veteran quarterbacks because Broncos country wants to win so bad. The Broncos themselves under George Payton, they want to be relevant again and whatever quarterback can get them there. I mean, they were even banking on Teddy Bridgewater. The, the, the swings at defensives they, they've taken, Chad, with Joe Flacco and Case Keenum, Teddy, they tried drafting Drew and developing him. That hasn't worked out, but you can just sense the urgency and the desperation, and I think it'll culminate this year. I don't know what quarterback will be under center in 2022 just yet, but I know the Broncos will be back to the playoffs sooner than later under this coaching regime, and all of Broncos country will get their just desserts they've been waiting for for six years. You mentioned six years. In football terms, it might as well be 600 years. That's how long it's felt since they were relevant. I think it's going to happen again soon. By the way, Jeremy, look, the the Blue Yetis, the thing that make them so great, I have many uh, microphones in this very room right now. They're, they're not hooked up because I need that USB, dude. It's just so easy to use. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to get the thing to work. If you got a good USB option that's not a Blue Yeti, by all means, bro, we, we want the insight on that. Send, send me a DM on uh, on Twitter and give us the assist. Appreciate you, big dog. Um, okay, let's see where we're at here. Uh, Albert wants to know, who is your favorite prospect performing at the combine? I don't really have a favorite quite yet. I'll have favorites coming out, uh, but I don't really have a favorite. My focus is going to be on the big need positions, you know, quarterback, obviously edge, um, little D line, little off ball linebacker, little corner, probably in that order, a little tackle too, obviously. So I'll, I'll say this, Zach, I'm going to be paying close attention to the cues the edge, the tackles, and then everything else. But uh, really, the focus has to be, man. I mean, you can't ignore the other corners of the roster that need a little attention, obviously. But, man, is there a quarterback that can be a franchise guy for this team within three years? That's what I want to know. And hopefully the combine gets us a step or two closer to answering that. Yeah, I'm going to say linebackers as a whole because they can use an inside guy. They can certainly use an edge guy, if not two. And it's such a... 
deep class this year, at least for that. As unsexy as the 2022 class is overall, edge they're loaded with players there the Broncos could go after. So I want to see how they perform. A lot of offensive tackles as well because it, it, among their first three picks, it's got to be some sort of combination of linebacker, offensive tackle and quarterback if they don't get an Aaron Rodgers. Those are their biggest needs. So like you, Chad, um, those are the positions I'm going to be watching closely, but linebackers specifically. Michael is pointing out that Garrett Bowles has the highest cap hit on the Broncos roster. I want to put that to the test here. Is it him or is it Simmons? Broncos. I think Garrett's the only one uh, above 20 million, too. I put this on Twitter not too long. I think it's 21.5. Yeah, so – Garrett Bowles has the highest cap number of 21, followed by Simmons at 18.8. Chubster at just shy of 14 mil. Cortland at 13.2. Darby at 12.8. Shelby at 11 million. And then Timmy P making that dollar dollar. I love seeing Timmy P get paid, dude. 9 million. And Graham took a back seat or took a pay cut anyway, not a back seat to 6.2 million is his cap number. Then you got the first round picks or 10 at 4.7. So. Yeah, indeed. Garrett Bowles, highest hit. If you scroll down, though, the Broncos have negligible dead money. I think it's like 6 or $8 million total. Last year, it was like triple that. So George Payton, already in one year, has really managed the salary cap well and cleaned up the mess left behind by the Elway era, you know, overpaying guys like Juwan James, who have been cap hogs, even when he's not no longer part of the roster. It shows on over the cap. The only dead money this team is carrying in 2022 is whoopee cushion, man. That's it, six million bucks. Well, I'm an awful signing that, that was. There's got to be more than that, but six million of it anyway awful. is uh, six million of the six point three million is Jawan James. So anyway, uh, but yeah, Garrett Bowles, man, he's got a he's got a uh, you know Garrett Bowles wasn't bad last year. Was he great? No. Was he good? I think he was good. Was he a guy that you're uh, gushing over and? Like he was the year prior? No. Was he an analytics darling, a film darling, where he clips every game of him just mauling cats like the year prior? No. But he doesn't need to be that. You know, He needs to be the guy that you honestly aren't really paying that much attention to because he's doing his dang job. You know, He's keeping quarter, uh, rushers off the quarterback, and he's blocking dudes in the run game and not getting flagged. And uh, I still think if you look at his 2021 campaign, Zach, compared to his first two years in the league i mean it's it's you can't even compare him in terms of the recidivist that he was and you know as far as penalties with the with the referees but yeah. you know he took a little bit of a step back but i think sometimes people have fans and some media i won't name names have made too much of that for bulls in 2021 he wasn't like it wasn't night and day different uh garrett bulls it just wasn't that same dominant garrett bulls and I got a reason for it. I can, I can tell you why that happened, Zach. He got paid. It happens more often than it doesn't when a player performs well in a contract year. Look at Shelby. Goes on to have a forgettable season after the team rewards him for all his hard work. And the reason for that, guys, it's human nature. It's human nature. He also had Dalton Reisner next to him, too, and that wasn't doing Bowles any favors. So I think when he got better left guard play, it made made Bowles a better left tackle. But, you know, as you laid out, Chad, I will say about Bowles, he wasn't consistently good last year, but he wasn't consistently bad like he was in prior years. You weren't getting the, oh, hold your head, oh, bad, Garrett, the, the personal fouls and the penalties. It came out in spurts, but I think he did more good than bad. That being said, though, is that worth 
$20 million against a salary cap? Is he performing like a tackle that's taking up that much salary cap space? That's what I quibble with. I don't blame Garrett for putting his name on the dotted line, Chad, and and, and taking that money, but has he earned it last year? I don't know. I don't know. He's uh, still got a lot to prove. Um, but you know, how do you interpret? And I don't want to. I don't want to completely torpedo this podcast on a Garrett Bowles subject here. But last point on this issue, real quick, Zach. How do you interpret? Now he didn't get a Pro Bowl this year. Didn't get an All Pro this year. Uh, his breakout year, no Pro Bowl, but second team All Pro. And when that happened, we said, "Hey, he was snubbed," and he was snubbed for the Pro Bowl in 2020. But watch the next year. You know, basically the league at large wants to see if it was a flash in the pan. And if it wasn't, he'll be in next year. Well, he doesn't get into the Pro Bowl, but he's named a first alternate. If one of the guys ahead of him would have uh, begged off or got hurt, he would have been in the Pro Bowl. And it would have actually been on his NFL resume. What do you attribute that to? Was it his level of play that made him Pro Bowl caliber or was it fumes from the year prior? I think it's a combination, but I mean, that's playing the what if game. What if a player would have backed out of the Pro Bowl so Garrett Bowles can get in by the skin of his teeth? Is that really deserving of it, though? You know, all pros impressive, and he earned that laurel, Chad, but backing into the Pro Bowl because someone else pulled out when the field isn't that large anyway, I don't know that I would commend Garrett Bowles based on that alone, but again, he did more good than bad as far as I'm concerned. $20 million cap player? I don't know, but more good than bad. Tim, again, love you, buddy. You are uh, up there. You're now one of five of our super supporters on Facebook that have uh, recorded a record individual podcast stars. You're up there with awesome, awesome supporters like Michael Ronquillo. And so just know, thank you, bro. Really appreciate you. He says, we need to spend money on free agents to beef up that O-line. Otherwise, no quarterback is going to be successful with us. Yeah, either that, Tim, or you spend some draft capital, and this is a good class for it, especially at tackle and interior O-line. If you guys have been following Eric Trickle's early Finding Broncos um, articles, and what he's doing right now is he's taking some of the sleepers or the prospects at all the positions that are flying under the radar, and he's saying, here's, oh my goodness gracious, dude. Here are five, got, here are five prospects to... Uh, it's like uh what do you do here man dale (laughs) god level speechless god level wow thank Um, you (laughs) an enormously generous super chat from dale who is saying look lights staying on at mhh love you bro seriously i'm gonna be in your neck of the woods i know it's not the same island you've heard me mention this a few times but if there's a way for us to meet up uh, when I'm there next month in Hawaii, I definitely want to do that. He says, this offseason is gearing up for drastic change. I appreciate your work to keep the conversation open and continuous. The potential at every position is enticing and intoxicating both. Let's hope the decisions made this offseason are both beneficial and inspiring. Championships, let's roll. Zach, how do you reckon with just, I mean, wow. we got a chance. We've had Dale on on the show. And by the way, Dale, we need to get you back on the show, dude. Um, Michaela's booked Albert. Uh, well, Michaela will be booked. Albert's booked. We need to get you booked big dog. Uh, so I'm going to send you an email. Look for that. Let's figure out a day and get you back on the show. But we got to hang out with Dale at the, at the meet and greet, which was cool. Got to meet his great wife. You're just, 
Hall of Famer, dude. We love you. Appreciate you. We're so fortunate to have you in our community. I mean, I'm, I, I sit here and I'm probably looking really stupid on camera because I'm just I'm staring at that amount of generosity. And it's, it's mind blowing to me. It's like, in the most amazing way, Dale, there, there's nothing more to say other than we so much appreciate all of your support of us because it's 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 things like that, interactions like that. And from everybody else, too, that allows us to do this. We do this for you guys. We want to bring you guys the best show and we try to strive to be better and better. And you allow us to do that single handedly. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you so much. And look, as lucky as we are, you know, we are human. And there's times, Zach, when, you know, it's a Monday or Wednesday or Thursday and whatever's gone on in that particular day. Maybe I don't feel like turning the lights on and getting in front of a mic and talking Broncos. Or maybe I got something going on with the family that maybe competes with that little time slot. And I show up just like Zach because I know you guys are expecting us to show up. And so... It is symbiotic. It's a give take. Um, And as long as you guys keep showing up for us, we're going to keep showing up for you. So much love and respect, Dale. And yes, let's indeed hope the decisions made this offseason are both beneficial and inspiring, leading back to the championships. Love that, dude. Appreciate you. Scott says, we're talking Jimmy Superfly Snuka top rope action here. That's right, dude. That's right. That's right. And Dale actually... Probably could have been in the WWE back in the day. If you see this man, he's he's a he's a big, strong man. So wouldn't surprise me if maybe he uh, competed with The Rock or something back in the day. Well, I mean, I, we also have a potential. Like Mike says here, D Dub could buy the Broncos, and yeah, I mean, that's I, I much prefer you, D Dub, over some of the other crypto candidates and people we've heard of. But thank you again so so much. Most definitely. Here we and have a uh, thank you. Whoa, a newer name. Newer, Ron Galich, Galich, Galicio, Galicio, dude, thank you for that very generous super chat. Seriously, so much that we can do with that to help keep these shows going and invest and continue to do uh, what y'all want us to do. He says, I love you guys. Best show on Give Lock the Rock. That's a way to uh, make an entrance, my friend. Thank you, Ron. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter because we like to not only keep the conversation going, with everybody outside of these live streams, but uh, our super chat superstars and supporters, we like to tag on Twitter after each and every show as a, as a small thank you. So appreciate you, Ron. If D-Dub was Jimmy Superfly snook off the top rope, then Ron is Sting descending down from the rafters, <laughs> making his entrance that way. Thank you so much, Ron. That's incredible. I've already run out of WWE references because I just wasn't really into wrestling. I do remember, though, uh, watching one of the WrestleManias in the 80s because one of my friends, it was pay-per-view. If I, His parents sprung forward or whatever, and I remember it had the Ultimate Warrior in it. I'm, I'm, I'm digging deep here. Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, it was that WrestleMania. Maybe there's multiple that included those guys, but anyway. Yeah, I was a big wrestling guy when I was a kid, when I was much younger. I was a big NWO Wolfpack guy for anyone who uh, – remembers that out there full life as Scott's doing. Yeah. It's good times, Chad. It's, it's fallen off so far from what it used to be. It really was well, great how is programming. That? Cause it, cause now walk me through this real quick. I don't, we'll, we'll keep this brief. What was so compelling about wrestling when you knew it was, it was all fake. Now the, the, a lot of the performance aspect of it is real. What these men and women do in terms of the physical toil and, you know, whatnot. I mean, that doesn't feel great guys, even if it's pre-planned and choreographed to, do a suplex, you know, on a, in a ring or whatever, but what, what drew you to 
wrestling? Well, for you know, you were a kid first of all, so you suspended disbelief to you know believe that it's real. But also, there was the the mysteriousness, Chad, the the uh, ambiguity, the vagueness, because this was pre-social media. You right. can't find instantly everything like you you know back then like you could now and there was that mystique about it like you you think these guys really showed up to the arenas were beating the hell out of each other nowadays they're vlogging their you know their travel on the road and it's become too real everything is too inner green nowadays that's my psychosomatic answer i think when i you know it's like when you learn at a certain age someone tells you hey santa claus isn't real you're like what and your whole like you're like, yo, what? And then all of a sudden, you know, you're remembering that kink song, Father Christmas, where he talks about when I was young, I believed in Santa Claus, though I knew it was my dad. And you're like, wait, now, I, wait a minute, dad, Santa. It was like that. As soon as I knew, Zach, that wrestling wasn't real, the scales fell off my eyes and I lost interest for whatever reason. I don't know. And I'm a big, like, make believe guy, especially as a kid, dude. I could go in my room with my little action figure cat uh, guys and, you know, like my even my football guys, like you can see up here, don't bother me. You don't need to. I'm, I'm low maintenance. I'm gonna be in my room, like make believing all day with these action figures. So it's not like I didn't care about that kind of thing. But once I knew it wasn't real, like I don't know, maybe I felt deceived. I don't know. I didn't care enough about it to even remember what the true emotion was. But I do know once I found out it wasn't real, I I lost whatever interest in it that I had. Yeah, I could see that happening. It happens with certain things, different strokes, different folks. Fortunately, yeah. football's very real though, so. My brother, uh, Robert, shout out. He was always, and I believe still is, a huge wrestling fan. So anyway, Dave from Georgia, another legendary super chat superstar. Mount Rushmore. Thank you, Dave. You the man. Rocking his Let Him Hate t-shirt. Who's your number one edge and number one off-ball linebacker? Which do you value more? Um, I, I value edge. I mean, for me, it's probably Thibodeau at the top. Um I like that Jermaine Johnson. Scott, who was the who was the cat uh in the in the senior bowl that had the mysterious helmet decal where you weren't it was like looked like Penn State, but uh, hold on, stand by. I'm having a brain fart. Yes, Sam Williams. Um those guys I like. Um but Edge to me, Zach, has to take a priority because again, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that word that you brought up last week that resonated with me. You want your defense to be active in terms of affecting the ball, affecting the game. You, you got to create havoc up front. And as much as you need good off-ball linebackers to plug the holes and cover their zones in the second level and whatnot, it, to me, if you don't have an edge, if you don't have a true edge rush, look at the Broncos last year. So much talent on that defense. But at the edge, they weren't getting production after Vaughn left or was traded. They didn't get production out of the edge except for an occasional – here and there, you know, effort sack or whatever from Malik Reed or Jonathan Cooper. Did Bradley Chubb even register a sack last year? I don't think he did. Maybe one. Either way, that's why you didn't see the turnovers. They weren't affecting the quarterback. And if you don't affect the quarterback, you don't cr uh, create chaos in the backfield, it creates huge pressure on everybody else. It's a trickle-down effect. So for me, Zach, edge takes uh, absolute priority. Yeah, Nicobe Dean, uh, David Ojabo, those are a couple names the Broncos could target. Uh, it's it's pretty deep edge class. I'm not the biggest, and this is it might be a kind of a hot take, but George Karloftis is uh, a little, I don't know, a little more untouchable to me than someone like Th Thibodeau if he were to fall that far, or even Jermaine Johnson, who I feel like is going to be a stud pro. Um, 
that's where they have to go, though, one way or the other, inside or outside. I would bring back maybe on the inside because they have three free agents if they want to retain some sort of continuity and experience. Maybe bring back AJ, maybe bring back Josie or Kenny Young and then go into training camp or the season with them, uh, Baron Browning, and a guy they had in the draft. Kurt Brenner, uh, Brunner, Brunimer, Brunimer. Uh, he says, there has been no chatter on the Packers' Facebook pages about the idea of trading Rodgers. All the speculation is on the Broncos' pages. I really don't think the Packers want to trade Rodgers. We already know they don't want to trade Rodgers. Unless they could get a reliable starter in exchange like a Tannehill or Carr, who could lead the Packers to the postseason right away. Packers won't rely on Jordan Love. Well, you invested the first-round pick, so put your money where your mouth is. But Bust. It's one of those things, Zach, where Packers fans and Packers media are trying to do their part not to will it into existence. So mum's the word. They're trying to ignore it unless it's something like, you know, two by four uh, to the forehead caliber report that comes out. But I have a buddy that's a credentialed beat writer there in uh, Green Bay, and uh, I've had behind the scenes conversations with him. The media there, frankly, they're flip a coin. Is Aaron going to stay? They don't. I mean, they they could see him staying or going just as easily as they can see him coming back. So why the fan blogs or the pages or whatever aren't talking about it? I think it's because it's wishful thinking, right? They're going, all right, we don't want him to leave, so we're not going to talk about this thing. We don't want to will it into existence. If if they allow Aaron to be traded, if they move on from Rodgers, it won't be, in my opinion, because of Jordan Love. I think they regret that pick now. It was a little bit of an impulse pick, a reach. I think he's a bust, honestly, between you and me, Chad. So they better hope they can talk back Aaron into coming and returning for 2022. Otherwise, faced with the prospect of going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, I would not want to be Brian Gutekunst facing his owners, which is actually the fan base in Green Bay. And you know what? He could be. I just don't think there's been enough sample size to to know yet. You know, they might have their own uh, kind of gut feel on it from behind closed doors. But anyway, Leith. Hey, Chad, been meaning to ask if you have an MHH punk playlist up somewhere. I don't, but that's a good idea. Maybe I'll, I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that, big dog. Appreciate you. Um, it would basically be nothing but like bad religion and um, Pennywise and no effects and bands like that. Um, George Fox says, thanks for another great pod guys. Appreciate you, George consistent, consistently supporting us, not only contributing to the combo, but throwing down. Speaking of consistent, yo, J bone. Now, not J bone. I come up with something different. I'll come up with something, but Jeremy, AKA black Knight, two thirty two, with a top rope super chat, man. We're just, we're getting, uh, we're feeling the love tonight. We're feeling the love. Here he is giving us recommendations on microphones. And then he's saying, here, go buy a microphone. You know, he says, if we don't trade for Rogers, I would like to see us draft best player available or trade back, get picks, grab Trevor Penning, the tackle from, uh, is it Northern, Northern Iowa? No. Where's he from? Uh, then trade back up and get an edge or BPA at that spot, wherever they trade up to. Um, Jeremy. You're stud, dude. Love you. Really appreciate that super chat. Um, this is a draft for trading back. It's a very deep draft. Not a quarterback. I mean, it's deep at quarterback if you're looking for uh, kind of developmental guys that you're not relying on year one. There's some good quarterbacks for that that kind of check that box. But so many of the key positions, especially the ones that the Broncos need this, this uh, cycle, 
this is a good class. This is a good draft to trade back stockpile picks because you're going to be coming away with some, your odds anyway of coming away with some good players are pretty high. Yeah, and if you want more second and thirds, if you want to move back, I mean, that's more opportunities to maybe take a gamble on a Matt Corral or a Carson Strong, Sam Howell. One of those quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter, could fall to the second round. So I could definitely see that for sure, Jeremy. We appreciate so, so much uh, your generosity. And that's honestly what I think George Payton would do. There is no slam dunk selection at number nine as far as I'm concerned in this year's draft. The Broncos had the pick of the litter. They could have taken a cornerback last year. Uh, they end up with Patrick Sertan, which is a pretty good fallback option. It's a little less, it's a little more different this year. So if they want to move back, I'd be all for that. <laughs> D-Dub, no, no, no. Jimmy Superfly. I feel you. All right, guys, we are about out of time. We got to uh, say goodnight here very, very soon. So I'm going to take another swing through the chat and see if there's any other burning topics, questions on your mind. Uh, so bear with me here for just a second. Um, Ovanis taking a, a lunch break to watch this pod. Hey, you're a prince. We can probably take this one, though. I mean, he deserves it. Yeah. What's the percentage that Vaughn comes back to the Broncos? They're winning a title in L.A. and bonding with Aaron Donald. And apparently Donald's return could be contingent on Vaughn coming back and keeping the super team together. I'm going to say, like, I don't know, 15%. I only say that because Vaughn's a Broncos legend. Realistically, it's probably smaller than that. I think he found an, a second home, a permanent home in L.A. He'll come back one day for the Ring of Fame. For a one-day but, contract. Um, I don't think – I mean, you know, throwing out percentages, as you know, Jeremy, it's a very arbitrary exercise. Like, you know, 10%. It ain't happening. It's not happening. Um. Too many, too many draws for him to to not come back, and then you've got the water under the bridge, man. Like you know, girlfriend broke up with you, sent you packing, surprised you, cameras got put in your face, you had tears in your eyes, and you know you're a legend. You're going to the Hall of Fame. You're a Super Bowl Fifty MVP. You're a perennial All Pro and Pro Bowler. And uh, sorry, you cross. You know, I, I wouldn't. If I was Von Miller, I wouldn't especially when there's so much opportunity out there. I love the Broncos, and it's always going to be special to me if I'm Von Miller, of course. And in my heart, I'm probably always a Bronco first. But you dealt me, dude. You traded me, and you did it. It was a shock. Yeah, you did it in a very favorable way where I landed on my feet in a situation where I could go win a Super Bowl, and I you know, tip my cap. Thank you. Appreciate that. But I was supposed to be the, the untouchable. You know, I was the face of the franchise. You traded me just to, just for pride's sake. I'm not coming back, dude. So it ain't happening. It, it took him in a half a season what it took him in years in Denver to do, which is win a Super Bowl. And I think it's a much bigger market for what Vaughn wants to do off the field. He loves helping people and he has his foundation. I just think it's a perfect landing spot for him. So I would not expect or hold your breath on Vaughn coming back to Denver, at least not until he retires. We got to get going, guys. I appreciate all of you. Special shout out to Dale, to Michaela, to Tim Hoffman, uh, to Ron, and of course, Jeremy. Each and every one of you that support us, you're going to get your individual shout out here in just a moment. But Zach's going to go through our, our Matters of Business rundown. Yeah, that was the Huddle Up podcast, guys. We are off until Wednesday night, same time, same place, 6 o'clock now and 8 o'clock Eastern. Until then, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout 
Kennedy. If you haven't, and if you want a football priest creepy face shirt like we have we have the beanie we have the hat it's all right there your one-stop shop at huddleandpod.com and also facebook.com slash huddle hit that big blue button become a subscriber and facebook.com slash pod. like that page follow that page if you haven't please go to apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every single month but if you can't do those things please take a few seconds and do these three things subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the MHA's channel helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just, just like, like you. Just like you. Hey, also, shout out, Sam Bam, you the man, Dave from Georgia, you the man, love you. You guys know this on Facebook. Uh, here's how it finished out tonight, inching us, probably not inching, we're, we're jumping a, a step or two, a few percentage points, I would guess, after tonight toward the goal of 250K. Tim Hoffman on top. Thank you so much, bro. Jacob Foster. Very generous of you, my friend. Andrew Baker as well. GLP, T Twice, Joshua Mize, Leaf Roebuck. Don't worry, I'll I'll, uh, I'll get you some uh, punk rock stuff here in the near. Uh, George Fox and Triple C, Colby C. Collier. Much love and respect to each and every one of you. We're off tomorrow, but uh, hey, it's going to be interesting because you got Broncos for breakfast on the bright, and then you're going to get a hello press conference for the Broncos new coordinators that'll be interesting we won't be on tomorrow night to talk about it but there will be a show building the broncos with nick and carl and then zach and i will be back wednesday so let not your hearts be troubled we'll see you then special shout out again to dale and jeremy for your generosity jeremy's off to the gym and so am i take care and as always guys go broncos You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 